It is Saturday, 23rd of February, 2019. This is episode 349 of Digital Outbox. Welcome to another episode. I'm Chris and Ian's here. Hello, Ian. Hi, Chris. I just hope my lips are working as good as yours. And let's go. Um, <laughs> Virgin, let's, <laughs> let's go. go. Pause. <laughs> uh, Virgin Media um, has been testing eight gigabytes or gigabits per second broadband. This is in um, uh, Cambridgeshire. I think there's only a few homes involved at the moment, but this is using sort of Ethernet technology. Um, um through their network and it has a, a symmetrical upload download um which yes. is something that most um providers don't do at the moment no um, so it's quite an interesting uh angle uh not looking to this is just purely trials at the moment but they are going to extend it i guess the biggest story here is that they whilst they, the numbers are going up and up and up their their reach is not going up and up and up and there's been criticism that they are just doing the cash cow thing of going to places that already have really fast broadband and trying to milk it for even more um and there's also a, a slight tinge of is there a need for this super super fast broadband right at this point um which i know my opinion i don't know what you're thinking around that do you, um, do you so want, do you want uh, my gig uh, it's, want uh, eight gig? i'd quite like the the one gig up and down that's passing by my door right now <laughs> That yes. I'm not allowed to buy. Um, that that to me would be a nice upgrade from where I'm sitting just now. I'm paying I think fifty quid to Virgin for two is it two two twenty or three hundred meg? I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's generally fast. It's it's pretty reliable. Um, but the upload's still ten meg or yeah. twelve meg, and that's and it just feels, you know, that one up and down. And I mean, they had some times here, you know, high def film five gig, um, in five seconds. That would be from, um, on this eight gigabits per second. Yep, yeah, ninety nine gigabit game, less than two minutes, unless you're an Xbox service. I'll still take half an hour. <laughs> so, so these, I mean, so that that kind of speed really does open up this high data bandwidth to you know almost instantaneous um, sort of usage, and suddenly open. I mean, for me, that all the I've said it before on the podcast that these high speeds unlock other services that we we can't even comprehend right now as far as backups and making sure your data's like in the right place and in fact not having to store data locally because you know you've got quick access to it in the cloud or whatever so it unlocks all those kind of things that although we're starting to see um instances where even the the speed we've got now is 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 possible this might this you know unlocks a whole load more um, even to the extent of for processor intensive tasks which involve the movement of data rather and you know you could you can farm off some of these processor intensive tasks with just a little overhead of of you know data bandwidth time um so there's lots of things that can that become possible i mean i do agree though that, that this this whole it's, it sounds great but it's not helping those those organ well, those villages which don't currently have any service to actually have any type of service is just beefing up the service that they've got already uh, and that is an argument especially as we're you know we're going to be talking in a bit about uh you know everything is starting to get to the streaming market you know we're not talking physical products anymore and that's great if you've got an internet connection but and and it's even better if you've got a nine gig 
uh, internet connection but it's really no good if you've got no internet connection at all in fact is very disabling so should we be pumping the money into that infrastructure to make sure everyone has got access to it rather than uh, to making sure that those already who have got access to it can have even fatter fatter uh, wit and we've covered it before but cancel that nonsense that's just, which is hs2 and yeah. pump that into this this yeah, is where the future is not a slightly faster train stop being apologetic about this old copper network and sort it out go and get a, yep. get a new fiber network you know that i know that i'm i'm shortening and probably you know trivializing a very complicated process but for me it it seems a lot more trivial to add a little um, fiber wire a fiber wire that's a, a oxymoron um you know fiber network to these places uh, than it would than it is to you know chuck a train track to I, save I just, us 20 I just, minutes I, I just think you know they're talking about i think it's it 50 to 100 billion and they're talking about spending this thing mm. and it takes 20 minutes off a journey and that, that to me is ridiculous yeah, um, it doesn't seem like it's ever no. met its potential. And, and, and invest, invest in good fiber across the UK. Invest, and it doesn't even stop in the towns that you have no, to. Get. It no, outside and you but, have to but get also, also invest in in things like you know um, the electrical network because we you know really push on with things like electric cars. You know that that's going to need a fundamental change to you know our our, our home infrastructures as well. That's that's not going to come with private investment. No, just, just uh, or it always just comes with uh, lagged. The with all these things, it comes with a lag, right? Um, they've got to start seeing the money before they want to start investing yeah. in it. And unfortunately, for even even now, even electric cars now, they they are pretty well serviced for the numbers of cars on the thing. But what would really unlock the net uh, the electric car market is a fully fledged electric system totally integrated everywhere you know that would really unlock it it still might not solve some of its fundamental problems for people but it would actually mean that it's viable and i think it it already is viable but it's just that lag and you can see things happen quicker if someone's willing to put that effort in yes but we are seeing movement towards um driverless um, car tests in the uk even further so we've already got regulations that allow these driverless car tests to happen but they must happen with a driver ready to take control but um new um laws coming in will allow those trials to happen without the human safety drivers and currently um these laws are going to come in quite soon but they they reckon the tests might start happening around 2021 something like that yeah and um you know i think, I think it makes total sense there's uh, i know there's a lot of fear around this and um, you know, a lot, and, and I can get it if you enjoy driving. You know, lots of people do enjoy driving the car, and they can see this as a, ugh, you know, you're taking something away from me. Um, I saw a great, it was a little sort of gif of, of a Tesla. So somebody had a dash cam, a Tesla in front of them, and it set off from a, a kind of four-way junction in America, and then it stopped just as this van came careering across from the side. Mm. There's no way a human would have seen it because no. it was coming across from from behind the, the angle of the, and, and that's that's the benefit of. You know, you've got if you've got you know AI in place and it's scanning all round. You know, yes, as a human, you can look in front, and but you know, it's just got so much more potential. There is a fundamental fear of people saying, "Yeah, I'm not in control of this." Um, but there's also a miss fear of the, you know, it's gonna it's gonna crash. But actually, you're far more likely to crash if you're driving it. But you will never get rid of that from no. people. The only thing that will get rid of that from people is, you know, is once the system's in place and it's provably uh, a lot safer but you I mean you know people crash their cars all the time and every day and people get hurt yeah. every day yeah. that's not in the news but as no, soon as but the, one... you know, and forevermore as soon as a car that 
someone isn't driving has an yes. accident, it will be in the news, and it will be big news for a long time yet. Especially yeah. with the cynics, you know, saying I've said on this podcast before, the most dangerous time is this transition period. The sooner we can get to the point where the main road network is only driverless cars that are all controlled, and um, you know, I even have some sort of central nervous system as well. Um, you know, all talking to each other. Uh, I think that's that's the point at which things actually. They improve massively, and then you can argue that actually, well, cars aren't really a sensible. You know, trains are probably better in that respect, but you know, tracked cars rather than these fully freedom uh, focused cars. No, yeah, absolutely, and, and it still disappoints when it's like you you see a, a Tesla crash makes you know every newspaper and every tech yeah. website, and it's like, come on, there's been you know hundreds, thousands today. You know, yeah. across Think the world, of all the people of... across the world who crashed and died, or yep. just crashed and being injured, whatever it is it's you know that isn't newsworthy. Um, uh, but you know, it, it is with the Tesla. Anyway, so there you go. Uh, I, I think it's good forward thinking to make sure the regulations are in place. It sounds like a sensible decision to make, and, and at least it's being done. Good for them. Um, let's move over to Spotify, um, who are ever pushing further into the podcast market. Uh, and this year they look like they're really going for it. They bought Gimlet um, and Anchor. So Gimlet, uh, I know they do a, an awful lot of sort of journalistic podcasts and investigatory podcasts and things like that and, and are very well known in the podcast industry. So the fact that Spotify have decided to purchase them up is, yep, just shows their intent. Um, I think they, they, they've they been pushing for podcasts for a while, um, although they, they haven't really had the interface in the, the software until recently where they've started sort of integrating it more closely. And it's really, it seemed when they're talking about podcasts, then they're, they're more talking about their big media organization podcasts with, you know, that, that kind of backing and money that um, uh, rather than the kind of free for all podcast system that, that we've had until now. Um, but it's an interesting angle. They say that it all enhances their services rather than takes away and actually makes people consume more music, which is exactly what they want people to do. So because they're already inside the network, it's like a value add. Uh, yeah, so so that's definitely the angle Spotify said. I, I, I saw an interesting take, which was like, oh, okay, um, podcasts are cheaper. So if, if, if Spotify just wants somebody on their network... Um, and they're not fussed whether they're listening to music or a podcast. The podcasts yep. are cheaper, you know, per minute. Um, so it costs them less. So if you're, and and I know there's a whole, and we're going to come on to, I guess, the next bit of it. So so Spotify has got a paid model and it's got a, a um, you know, a, a, an ad-based free model. Um, so they're, they're just looking at, we want people on our platform. You know, there's always a numbers game there. Um, and podcasts have, you know, they really have taken off well, Probably it is the new radio. I mean, it yeah. really is. You know, you know and it's even even you know, again, you know, Radio Four talks about them. Um, my parents have used podcasts and stuff like that. So it's you know, it's it's wide. It's out there. The biggest kind of niggle and fear I've got. So we so a, a podcast that's harsh is an RSS feed, and it's it's yeah. open and anybody can do it. And we're seeing we're seeing signs now that you know we're seeing some of the big. And publishers starting to lock their content and mm-hmm. not make it feel available. The worst one being like BBC recently. So BBC Sounds app um, is actually taken, um, and I try to remember the the name of the podcast, but they've taken one of the podcasts it used to be freely available, and I've said season two is exclusive inside BBC Sounds. Um, you can't get it uh, yeah. any other way. I think BBC have always already suffered or have been suffering from their licensing fee, you know, licensing agreements they have with certain publishers. I mean, they've always had things that they can't um, play 
to users so to license fees via podcast because it's it's freely available and therefore they cannot they don't have the license to be able to do that uh, i think the listening the bbc sounds is them trying to get around that and okay we're going to see some stuff which is you know, getting people to use that listening as as a license player we would have free access to more um via that app but you're right it suddenly takes it away from being that i want to listen to it in my own way on my own terms therefore is content going to be splintered across a whole ton of different apps now rather than being just centrally available inside of one podcast consuming app you know like i I use casts on on android i I guess you use itunes or whatever and in the apple infrastructure (laughs) oh no 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 so yeah overcast so i use overcast in the iphone so Yeah, so instead of it being an app that is designed purely to consume and serve podcasts, are we going to get to that model where, oh, I have to go to Spotify to listen to this, and oh, I have to go to BBC Sounds to listen to that. And yes, I think that is the direction we're going to head. Um, I think there's always going to be a place for um, RSS feed type podcasts, though. Um, So I think we should be happy with that. Agreed. Um, Spotify also in the news again this week around... um, Ad blockers, um, they obviously they have their freemium model, which is ad supported, and they are now targeting apps and services which are designed to get around the playing of those apps within the Spotify service. So <clears throat> they have come out and said they've, they've strengthened their terms and conditions, I believe, and their policies, uh, and they will be terminating accounts that they identify as, as making use of um, any of these services. Yeah, so it's something that's um, they reckoned uh, there's about two million users are, are using ad blockers in some way, shape, or form, or using cracked Spotify clients to um, listen to music for free, and that's that's mostly you know PC, Mac, and and Android. And I guess you know two million they they can quantify that what that is then in their lost um, views and you know. Yeah, I mean it's one point three percent of the user base, so it's enough enough to be a thing. Yeah. Instagram um, has decided that it's going to head off being uh, either banned or have regulations enforced on it by imposing their own um, ban on self-harm images. It's been in the news a lot recently um, around uh, the father of Molly Russell saying that Instagram played an instrumental part in her taking her own life. Um, She had been using Instagram and viewing images of of, of self-harm um, on the service and he was shocked by how open and available these images were um, and he has sort of been arguing that they should not be available on that service um, whether you which whichever side of the argument whether you support his view that instagram was instrumental in her taking her life or not it doesn't really matter this is the juggernaut now of regulation is going to come to social media and i think this is just the beginning of that process so instagram are trying to head off some of it they're going to implement um several design features so they're not as i understand they're not gonna they're they're gonna say that new content is not allowed they're gonna blur out older content uh, and they're going to update their algorithms to make it far less likely to pop up um in the the feeds of people their argument being we don't want to remove it from the service completely especially for people who have been posting up recently uh, because they want those people to be able to go and get help and they will surface up uh, identifiers to sort of su- suggest that they they do need to go and get some counselling and support uh, from organisations. Um, and again, I was going to say this is a difficult one, but in some ways it's not. Uh, the reason I was going to say it's a difficult one is is, is you're, you're right; they're wanting to help people that do need help, uh, and and 
the positive side of social media is that you can get help that maybe you can't get in the real world. And equally, you can get damaged in the you know in social yep. media that you, you don't get in the real world. But and I was going to say it's difficult for them because there was another article as you know talk about how you know it might be you've got a scar that you've got some you know you want mm-hmm. to you know, it's nothing to do with self harm. It's just something else that you're wanting to to show. But at the end of the day, these companies are making so much money that it should be something that they can they can target. Yeah, I think it's an it's it's an important one to say. Just that that kind of gut reaction of I just remove all the content and hide it away, and and you know, that doesn't necessarily solve anything. You know, it doesn't solve the underlying problem, which is you know pe- people are self harming, and that's never going away, regardless of whether Instagram shows pictures of it or not. Uh, whether it's encouraging to other people, um, there's there's obviously arguments, and I'm sure there's supporting evidence um, somewhere along the way, but. Nevertheless, we are going to see regulation for, you know, for, for a long time. The Internet has been effectively free of regulation in many ways. Um, and but we are going to see that long, slow jaunt to, to, across to it being yeah, fully, fully <laughs> yeah, regulated and, and controlled by our politicians. In, in that no, definitely. It's going to come. All this stuff around fake news and even another one this week with, um, you know, YouTube comments and how with a, I think it was with a brand new profile, you can easily find you know, you know, child paedophilia type, you know, yeah, they're using, videos and comments. Yeah, they're using comments against unrelated images yeah. to go and, you know, to, 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 to link to other places where, and across to services, things like um, Telegraph, which has been apparently the, is yeah. the, the, the new one that everyone is using as far as um, drug dealing and all those kind of things, because it's got end-to-end encryption. It's not in the, the, the media like um, WhatsApp. And also it allows for the, a, a quick forum to be spun up and then deleted in you know without trace um very quickly afterwards so yeah we're going to see that we've also seen laws this um recently about um upskirting so we've seen this in quite a lot of asian countries but um there is now a specific law in the uk or will be a specific law in the uk to to make that uh process of taking any pictures uh unwarranted and you know with the the aim of getting sexual gratification so that that will be banned and will come with a an offense of around two years um where we've seen this in other places it hasn't necessarily done anything to solve the, the problem but at least it says that it's socially unacceptable uh, yeah so scotland's had a law against this for for many years now um so and, and i know there was a try to remember the guy in parliament that keeps blocking all these things and he says he's doing it out of principle and mm. he wants proper debate around it but he's just an old fart that keeps on blocking sensible sensible laws as far as i'm concerned and um it, it's good to see this this year as you say it doesn't stop the problem you know it's um but but at least if somebody's caught doing it they can you know there is a proper law and and something can be done about it and sometimes laws are brought in just to, to highlight to people that this is unacceptable behavior and is um you know is not on yeah, well, you know, five p tax and bags has yeah. said a fairly made a big, fairly big difference. Well, making a specific law for you know using your mobile phone and cars as well um, yeah. now means that people are ever more vigilant and ever more you know society is much more deriding of people who do tend to or do still use phones. Um, they certainly get dirty looks, that's for sure. Uh, DJI has uh, been making some improvements. Obviously, DJI are the drone maker. They've make, making improvements to the way their systems work. So their technology will now not allow you to fly your drones near airports. And it also has an inbuilt... Um, it has an inbuilt system where they can gr- ground drones uh, in, in times of, of sort of 
national security or whatever i think they they have already got a no-fly zone in their software i think this uh, is now yeah. making it much more high resolution as, as in one, they can have different shapes rather than just a blanket yeah, circle yeah it's one thing. so the current the current laws and we're going to come on to the kind of change in law as well the current law is a one kilometer exclusion zone around airports um, and and they can do other things like around sports stadium and prisons. Um, what they're doing now, they've moved to a, a UK-based company that's providing them data that is far more um, rich in 3D. So they're still respecting that that um, one kilometre, but they're doing things around you know flight paths and and other shapes around the airport, um, and just making it a far more intelligent system. Um, and I guess. The, the the big reaction we saw this week was that the government have brought in a law change. So from the 13th of March, so not too long, what's that, three weeks away, two weeks away, um, it will be a three-mile um, exclusion zone around um, airports. So a lot a, a lot more wide and a And a three-mile, you say, in the older system, a three-mile you know, from any edge of the airport is actually a massive circle, you know, covering a great deal more at ground. So by having this more high res um, sort of ability to to shape the the no fly zone, um, it makes it much more sensible that it is actually three miles from the perimeter of the actual airport, including things like, uh, you know, um, flight flight pass or whatever. So whilst they'll be um, making sure that people can't fly it where they shouldn't do, it will also still mean that some people can fly it where they couldn't before because of you know an old circular exclusion zone maybe um wouldn't have, would have affected them whereas they it will now not affect them because they're not theoretically within that three mile zone oh yeah i mean, I, I mean i've i've looked at you know so glasgow airport is actually quite close to to glasgow and it's not um you know there's some airports that are you know a good distance outside of you mm. know a town or city and it's it's amazing and actually it what still, the three miles yeah. cuts into now yeah, well, it's yeah. a six, you know, six three mile radius, isn't it? So it's six mile diameter. So yeah, it's a long, it's a big old patch of ground. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think it's back to the, you know, it's laws make a difference. Something had to be done. And um, yeah, and DJI have the facility to put in place these changes and have software that does this. But they are one drone manufacturer out of uh, you know uh, yes. many, and many others won't be having this sort of sense of, um, you know, you know whose responsibility is it. It has to be the ultimately the the, the flyers because I'm sure people will get round the drone, you know, the DJI software you can you know, hack, limitations. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can hack your DJI drone, and lots of lots of the articles kind of kind of always stress that, which I think I think is really unfair because they're they're the, one of the few ones they, because they are known as a drone company now. They want to make sure that they're working with you know governments. They want to make sure that's the legal. They can obviously yeah. see a huge future and. You know, in transportation. Well, it's a, it's a you massive know, it's, issue in their business model if they exactly. don't get, if they get banned. Yeah, and also to, to to be fair to them, for all the kind of scare stories that are in the, the press, you know, a lot of the time it's not proven that it's actually a drone. It's no, very no. easy to say it's a drone and. Uh, a lot it's of the time not a drone. It's not maybe not DJI drone, and also yeah, yeah. yeah the, the, uh, like I say, it's not necessarily the manufacturer of these drones that's causing the problem. Is it? it's the user? But that's the same with anything, you know. Um, these things anyway uh yes interesting i wonder I, I wonder whether people hack their drones because they also they put restrictions in other ways on that they you know like people rootkit their phones for all sorts of different reasons not just because they want to list, listen to hooky or whatever you know hooky content or have download a cracked app or whatever so um i wonder if it's I think, the same you know does it unlock potential in that drone which you you don't get out of the box that the main one i think's hate so um, it's amazing because you think you can go to 120, you know, meters, and you think, but 
you always want more, and the drone can really <laughs> far out, you know, it far outperforms, mm-hmm. you know, what the, the legislation's is basically saying to you to do. Um, so that's so. what, yeah, okay, interesting. Um, Amazon's brought up the mesh router company called Eero. Um, mesh routers being concept of instead of having one central router which you have to connect to anywhere within your house, you can have a, a connected series of devices that all talk to each other and therefore make sure that your signal, your Wi-Fi signal, gets back as strong as you can, really. So they can relay signals rather than just um, having a single point of signal that you're, you know, you're from your main router. Um, technology's been around for a while. It makes sense in the Amazon world as far as all their um, smart speakers and connected devices that they have now, uh, and they've decided to go with Eero, who are well, well they were a, a strong up-and-coming um, company, and they've they've kind of said, right, we'll ride off the back of them, and I'm sure we're going to see that now being rolled out to all their their products. I don't think I've seen a, a, a purchase more widely booed on Twitter than I, than mm. I saw this. Um, so Eero is, is is US only. I still think I don't think there's a, an option to buy in the UK. As you see, there's lots of other people doing this, but Eero were one of the, I guess, one of the kind of pioneers of it. And also, they've been the, the the kind of software they've got running it has been really well received. I, I think I think that's some... the that's the biggest thing because there there are lots of these kind of products. And even Skyboxes do this sort of yep. setting up their own mesh network, but none of them are very reliable. And I think Eero had managed to make it so it was reliable. Yeah, so they have nailed it, and um, I think there were some ex-Apple software engineers that had, that had moved there, and seemingly the setup is very Apple-like. And mm. it, it, as I said, it was it's I saw so many comments that were like, "I do not want Amazon knowing what what I am surfing because you're going to get this tied to you know they've got Alexa already listening, they've got a, a router now that could know everything that you're doing online, um, but but none of that's been said. Mm. And all and and all the, I, I guess it's just a fear of, you know, there's these there's these big four or five tech companies that you you can almost I know this is going to sound terrible, but you can't live without, you know, like the if you look at your you know Apple, um, Google, Amazon, Facebook, if you if you said right I'm coming off that totally, you'd be like ooh that cuts out so much. And it, it's really difficult now to, to yeah, get get look, on without them. Look, all the all the benefits that we see from tied up and connected data come with all the downsides that we see with tied yeah. up and connected data. Who do you give that data to? Um, well, we've kind of chosen we don't really want it to go to our government, and our, you know, but we've also said that now that some of these companies really are fulfilling on their promise of tying all this data together. Uh, and we're seeing the benefits and downsides of that. We we don't really want them to have it either. So it's about where does that data all live? You know, where does it all get tied together? Um, Eero have come out and said, look, we don't track users, um, and that's not changing because of this acquisition. You know, it's, it's just not it's not the case. And ultimately, you could just argue, well, Netgear supply of so many different routers for X, Y, and Z, or you know, the BT Home Hub does all those. You know, has all that data available to them as well um so it's whilst it is you know it's other companies are collecting that data as well okay but they've got one piece of the puzzle and i think that's what is worrying people most is that you can start putting together multiple pieces of the puzzle and building up that that person data in a, in a yeah more... and i think amazon seem to be i mean they're really investing in that that kind of smart home market and they've already got you know the kind of all the the, the different alexa arguably you know, they've devices. won it yep um, they've bought Blink. Um, they've bought Ring. Yeah. Um, they've got a whole smarter and smaller firms as well. Um, 
So yeah, really interesting purchase, and uh, be be. Well, it makes perfect sense, and it's a shame in a way that yeah, it comes with bad press, and and it will do because people are happy with that company. I mean, there is that definite. These big four do just swallow up um, a lot of innovation, Um, and okay, they you know they use it for their own purpose, but maybe we lose out in other ways because of that. Um. Facebook needs regulation. Um, Zuckerberg's failed. The UK, UK MPs have been moaning about um, his failure to really in, be involved in their um, recent um, investigations into things like you know Cambridge Analytica and all those kind of parliamentary and democracy things, covering off things like um, fake news and uh, whatnot. So that our, our council of MPs have said that he didn't engage enough, um, and therefore we are going to start putting regulations in place um, against companies like Facebook uh, and certainly including Facebook um, to make sure that um, things like fake news and these like uh, echo chamber type uh, investigations aren't a problem going forward. Um, so Facebook have to their credit come out and said, okay, yeah, we, ac- we accept that <laughs> reasonable regulation uh, is, is, is going to happen. Um, but they also highlighted that, Hey, since you started talking about this, we have changed, you know, huge portions of the way we do things. Our political uh, messaging on our services is, is the most transparent of any um, platform or media platform that you, that you could come across at the moment. So that uh, Facebook are arguing things have changed since you started chatting about this. Um, we, you know, it's not that we're not listening. It's, um, but we are doing stuff to, <laughs> to try and fend you off. And I don't think they helped themselves, you know, so there's been a there's been a real... I mean, there's a real, I guess, factious relationship throughout this whole inquiry. You know, Zuckerberg wouldn't come and talk to them. They they struggled to get information out. You know, the the, the chair, Damien Collins, was you know he was, he was using like 400 year old Parliament laws to go and see some data and all that kind of. You know, there's just a whole whole host of things. But but what they're basically saying is that democracy is at risk. Um, the fake news is the biggest part of this, and they've called for a compulsory code of ethics for tech companies. But that's overseen by an independent regulator with teeth. Um, and, that, and I think that's a big difference right now because the you know, compulsory code of ethics we've seen that with things like journalism, and 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 it kind of works, but kind of doesn't. You know, it kind of yeah. works well, until it, all the hacking started, <laughs> and you're like, you know, well, yeah, nothing, nothing's perfect, right? And at least it was captured. Uh, and I'm, I think I'm in agreement that something needs to happen. What I'm not sure about is always that, you know, when when I was listening to some of the hearings and listening to those MPs trying to get data, it was not necessarily that data wasn't available. It's either that they didn't have a basic understanding of even the most basic of technology kind of questions. And I guess in some ways you could argue, well, that's exactly what everyday users uh, are going to be faced with. But also in order to be able to understand a topic and be able to talk and, and work in a topic, you should have a you know at least a basic understanding of what you're talking about as well. Uh, at least some understanding. And I felt I felt that this isn't all about Facebook not providing information. Some of it's about people just assuming this isn't a complicated topic when actually it, it very, very much is. Yeah, and, and I think you know you, you need you need experts in the field to kind of help help MPs and help the lawmakers understand this, you know, so that I'm thinking back to all the all the cries around encryption, you need to give us a back door, it's like it doesn't work, That that's that's not how encryption works um, you know, so there, there, you need a certain amount of expertise in there to actually make make it realistic for for these folk that, that I think are trying to do the right thing I, don't, I mean, I don't think they're going out to willfully you know, hurt these 
companies. I think they're trying to, you know, protect individuals. And I think we've seen um, just that rise of fake news and the spread of misinformation. And then again, you can get into a whole debate about did it hurt the left? Did it hurt the right? Who yeah. did it propel more? But it's been taken advantage of, and and the, the the platforms, you know, both Facebook and Twitter, have been caught out by this. They've been caught out by their inability to, you know, to almost kind of fend off the targeted, you know, adverts, the targeted news, all the I, lies. I think I think they know the writing's on the wall. And we were talking the other day about, you know, do you just chop off? Do, does does one of these firms just end up saying, right, I'm not going to deliver into the European Union, or I'm not going to deliver here, there, and there, everywhere, because you know, you're not listening to and working with us from the service and we provide a service and we're willing to chop that service off. I mean, there's too much money probably at stake to do that. But um, so they probably will swallow this regulation, but only up to a certain point, I'd say. Um, and again, especially, yeah, it's hard to say. Um, I, was, I was interested listening the other day on an, uh, about uh, an article on end-to-end encryption and the difficulties that imposes on um, people trying to you know, uphold the law and chase down sort of people who are making drug deals or whatever and, and um on services like telegraph and but it was interesting to me that um politicians regularly use end-to-end encryption like whatsapp services to carry out their own business to make sure that it is private and that their their discussions aren't leaked to the press or whatever so they regularly use these services for their own purposes and i was thinking yeah it, it, there's that's the thing that they've got a legitimate and worthwhile use for the service um and they're saying that everyone else shouldn't have access to that you know use and, and process of that services so it's a little bit them and us it felt like during that kind of you know that that investigation yeah and to me it's it's, it's a difficult set of new ground to, to kind of work work you know legally work your way through yeah you know i i want to be able to have a, yeah but i want to have a conversation that i know somebody's not sniffing my traffic yeah um and unfortunately what that means for the government and for you know police and intelligence um you're going to have people that are looking to you know use it for the wrong way also having access to that yeah uh, it, and, and that's and that's exactly and and i guess their argument is that everyday available software like telegraph like whatsapp why do users need that ultimate protection to protect them from conversations that that they should be having in there if you like you know rather than conversations that they shouldn't be having uh, illegal conversations they like but it gets so messy and it's so complicated that it's you know, whilst there isn't, you know, use case to say it's it, the law would gain massively from being able to, you know, get access to that data. Well, you know, people, I, I, I can't, I can't answer the question. I don't know how they're going to resolve it ultimately. I don't know how they're going to resolve it ultimately. No, and I guess it's linked to we saw. I mean, there's a story that broke yesterday. I think it was Wall Street Journal, who have have taken, you know, they've they've basically been looking at the traffic from eleven health apps, really popular health apps. Um, and they were shocked that um, you know, as as a health app, you know, as either I put in the data or it read um, my my heart rate, it fed it back to Facebook, and there was period trackers feeding it back to Facebook. And again, there's been a lot of Facebook bashing, but this one, it was the it wasn't Facebook asking for it; it was the apps that were using it potentially as a you know as a store of data or sharing it against profiles. Um, this this felt like a I, I, not deliberate as in a let's name and shame Facebook, mm. but it was it should have been more back on the eleven health apps who hadn't made it clear what they were, you know, who they were sharing that that data with. Um, but this this has got legs because it's got. We've seen the Facebook bashing for for well over a year now, and it is a, you know, there's like a tidal wave almost coming. And again, I think it was a one of the governors, yeah, New York governor, he's declared his ordinary investigation into how Facebook is secretly accessing personal information, um, but. 
the, the kind of article linked in here is the, the kind of BBC view on it. And I kind of agreed with it. It feels like it's the companies that are wrong, not Facebook. Um, and and it just felt like this is just this is just typical of when you've got a, I guess a, a not a whole industry as an all journalist, but there's a there's definitely a a theme you, at the moment of bashing Facebook. Yeah, and if you you know you could equally have an article there that says Amazon receives all of your data from nearly every website across the internet. Because ultimately, it goes through their AWS service, and it means that we're we're storing all the data inside of their, you know, their S3 inf- infrastructure, whatever. You know, you yeah. could you could turn that article to say, yeah, Amazon literally holds everything you ever do across nearly every website that you host, uh, you know, that you that you visit across the website. Uh, and yeah, sure, they do. They don't have really they don't have any access to that, or they don't have. Um, the inclination or whatever to 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 want to use that data, but that that is the case is the case um yep so i think in general at the moment social media of which facebook is obviously a massive part of is the is a massive thing for people today that you know that they they want to bash at the moment because they they're looking for things to bash and now social media they they bash the politicians with some of their election results and now they're they're bashing social media because that's the next thing that's wrong um Huawei, um, are they um, are they a risk to UK um, cybersecurity? Well, um, the UK cybersecurity chiefs say we reckon we can manage this process. So we've seen a lot in the news recently about countries around the world um, banning uh, Huawei technology. So Huawei are a Chinese firm, and as a Chinese firm, they are at times it, it seems compelled to um, act on behalf of the government if their government asks them to. Um, Huawei sort of say. Uh, yep we are a chinese firm but we we would never partake in any of that um and it's just whether you believe that or not and huawei are massive not just we we know them for because of their phones recently um but they are a huge company involved with all the kind of the routers and general infrastructure around mobile networks um, and physical networks as well um so uh, where, where do you sit on this? What's your general opinion? Is is this us just bashing China? Um, is this Ameri- Is this stem from the Americas? You know, trade um, disagreement with China, or is this company not to be trusted because it's part of a regime we don't really know or understand? Um, I, I guess ultimately that um, you know, so it's GCHQ have come out and said this that they can that the risk can be managed, and I kind of. I feel we need to trust, you know, these guys that they're, that they're getting the access they need and they know their stuff that they can turn around and say this. I mean, it's the there's a huge dependency in Huawei for five G networks, which are all launching this year. Yeah. Um. And and it's very hard to it's again it's just back to who do you believe if, when a, when a politician stands there and says they're a massive risk, you know, if a Trump stands up and says they're a massive risk, is that is is that because he's protecting the U.S. or is he protecting the business in the U.S.? You know, there's I mean, two different things there. If 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 there was a Huawei router and a Netgear router in, we know which one's being analysed and and you know by and and checked and has been prodded prodded proked and and whatever else uh, needs to happen. You know that the Huawei one's going to have be the one that's being monitored uh, and they're you know and checked that it's not doing things it shouldn't do. So uh, in some respects, it's probably the most secure <laughs> secure at the moment because it comes under the most secure uh, scrutiny. Um, whereas all the other things that we put in our networks don't come under that same security. I think, you know, we shouldn't underestimate the amount of protectionism that, that could potentially be going on here. But then again, we also shouldn't um, be naive and think that these things don't happen because they, they clearly, clearly do. Um, I think, 
you know, lots more probably than we even get to hear about. Um, you know, so you know, I, I think wasn't it that not that long ago that USA were spying on listening in on German um the the german prime minister uh, i think it's something like that going on so these things do happen does a router does a network have the ability to do things like that yeah of course it does uh should we take care that that that, that doesn't happen yes we should but equally um yeah say protectionism and all the other side of things so there's somewhere in the middle and like you say security chiefs telling you that we can as long as we monitor these things we can check that they're not doing anything they shouldn't and that's what it sounds like it's going to happen yeah yeah, so I would have no issue using any of the products right now. Plus, plus, we we're not in a position where we can start not accepting um, from you know people that are willing to work with us, and they they certainly be more willing to work with us if everyone else has banned their stuff. HTC um, Vive Focus has been released. This is uh, their their mobile um, headset um, for vr and this is allowing you to have two handsets in it now as well so they've got an an enhanced motion tracker inside the headset um but also the say these handsets that now have six degrees of movement um so they are you know you're free to move your hands in this in this 3d world um without restriction um uh, you know it's it's just that move to move vr into this fully mobile environment and they're, they're talking about um arena scale tracking so these headsets are now able to track you through a four thousand square foot of space uh, which is you know effectively it opens up on all sorts of different strange possibilities of these you know uh, environments that, that you can never have as a tethered um service so no and i think and i think that's the you know, that's what's quite exciting about these um so i think vr vr's just not taken off the way everybody probably hoped expected um mm. but but it's got a foothold and there's enough people you know chasing the market and I think it's you know so this is going to have a you know a three K you know display you know so it's a you know it's a, a powerful a good, beast yeah a good display and it is it is basically a, a mobile phone and a and a headset and um, but it's the controllers you know the fact that you get six degrees of freedom in it I just think that's just makes it so more, more much more intuitive and and the fact that you have no tether that you can just put this on and. I mean, there, there's and... some, there's some. You can imagine theme park horror experiences could be uh, yeah, yeah, just absolutely. unbelievable. Some, you know, just some, some things would be f- set free by having this, yeah, ultimate freedom. So, yeah, interesting to see how people end up using it. And it does make more sense that these are standalone units and not having to be tethered to super high PCs. And it doesn't seem like people are talking about that as if there's going to be a drop off in the quality of experience um you know that, that people are using but it just shows how everything gets miniaturized doesn't it yeah i mean we've, i've used an oculus go quite a bit and mm-hmm. um i'm really impressed with them yeah really good bit really, you know, you've certainly used it more than i use my oculus <laughs> yeah you know and it, 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 easy to use little controller lets you navigate around um really impressive for i think it was what two two hundred two hundred fifty quid yeah amazing um samsung quit making blu-ray players we mentioned earlier that we we're going to talk about this hardware this move to streaming and how data unlocks that well samsung have seen the writing on the wall and it's blasting off their blu-ray players so i think this is this is the second announcement so this is just sort of a trend that we've got at the moment that this is the end of the physical disc you know um really at the beginning of the end anyway um and i think currently the stats say that uk adult is about five minutes of screen time on average per day so as in obviously that's averaged over the whole thing and that's by far the lowest screen time of anything um nowadays is is on a physical disc of of description um i you know i'm i'm i've never really used it i know you're a bit more of a fan and i've maybe by me having never used 
uh, a physical disc to play 4K content, I've missed out on that kind of the, the clarity of, uh, that you get. And maybe I'm missing that side of things, but I've never had one. And, and therefore, I don't really miss the fact that they're disappearing. Yeah. So for me, it was just back to the, you know, if I put on a, and I've got, I've got different films that I can compare, you know, so if I take like, cause I, cause I've bought them on streaming services just to make sure. And, and it's like, so I've got like the 4k Dark Knight on a disc yeah. and I've got the 4k cause Apple were selling it cheap, you know, the Nolan, the Nolan five Nolan films for like, I think it was like 20 quid in 4k and it looks good, but you can still see the compression and I can still spot things. And I'm like, that's just a bit that, yeah, it does bug me. I can't help it. It, it just once once these things catch my eye, it, it's it, it's what I notice more than when I'm watching the film. It just well, niggles me. It's like when we first went from when we first had an HD signal, and the BBC were one of the first channels to have an HD signal over Sky. Yeah, uh, the, the, even then, the well compared to a high definition uh, disc at that time, it wasn't as good. But equally, it was much better when it first released to, to oh, now. And, today. and since, since, since a lot more people have gone down this route. Uh, so I think it's the same. I'm sure it's the same for H, H, you know, 4K um, streaming. But like I say, it looks pretty good on my screens. I'm a pretty happy. Yeah, the, when the compression in HD now is disgraceful. You know, just, just, mm. Again, you can see all the colour banding. Yeah. And you're like, come on, guys. That's, that's horrid. Yeah. You know, it just sticks out. That sort of thing. My TV, I have to... Uh, this is probably... You know, t- towards what you're saying my tv never looks better than when it's in its kind of screensaver mode showing pictures yeah. you know yeah. the you know the quality of those is much higher than any sort of moving pictures that I'm, I'm i'm looking at via a screen or a streaming service for sure uh certainly makes them look good get, get an apple tv and watch the screensaver and then you're like why can't i get that all the time <laughs> yeah i want that all the time yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> And especially when the demos, you go into shops and you oh, see yeah, these yeah. TVs, they, 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 they do look good. So you, and, and I am aware get, of the differences. Yeah, yeah we're going we're gonna to get that. Well, probably not this year, but next year when they start talking about 8K and all that kind of good stuff. It's, just do 4K right, please. <laughs> Samsung had a kind of Galaxy event and they showed us lots of things. But the thing that most people are talking about is the, their device called the Galaxy Fold. Um, and how... Let me describe this in very quickly. It's, <laughs> it's it's basically you take two galaxies, you put them one on top of the other, and then you put hinge in between, and that's kind of where we end up. They have done a very good the screen when you open it up into its full mode. Uh, the screen is seamless and it looks uh, from from the pictures and the, the you know the videos that we've seen looks looks incredible. But it was it was notable that no journalist had got um, access to this yet fully. Uh, so it's not releasable. But once it's in folded mode, it still has a screen on the front, um, which you can use just like a normal mobile phone. But it, it really is a device that is designed to be opened up into a tablet form. So effectively, this is a way of having a tablet that you can carry around in your pocket if you don't mind your pocket being about six foot thick. An exciting glimpse in the future when we sort out battery technology. Yeah, because it's that's, got two batteries as well, actually, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, And it's got three screens in total. So it's got yes. the screen on the outside when it's in phone mode, and then these two screens in the inside, which you you know you can, or one screen inside. But as you say, it's like two galaxies. Does it does it solve any issue? I mean, is there a time that we want to carry around a tablet where we don't have something to carry it around in? Because that's the I guess that's the only thing it's solving, right? Is having that big screen estate in a much smaller form factor. Um, does does is that a problem that people want solved, or do people do most people carry around man bags and things now? Well, it's 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 just back to the so I think right now it feels like 
Yeah, this this to me feels like a beta product. It feels like that kind of early adopter. You need you really need to love your gadgets because this it's two thousand euros. Yeah, <laughs> I mean they basically went to Apple and said, "Do you think a thousand's a lot?" This is two thousand. <laughs> Look, we can put two phones that cost a thousand pounds each together yeah, yeah. and charge two thousand pounds. I I can see scenarios where it's like I just want to use it as a phone, but I wouldn't want to use the brick type that they, they obviously end up with. At the same time, see folding that out and getting that kind of you know, mini iPad size that I could read on or watch videos on, I thought it was really nice. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I've, I'm a kind of a fan already of that kind of form factor, but it needs to. Will it miniaturize enough? Is the yeah. Uh, yeah. But so the, and, and I guess the the issue is once it's out unfolded, it is pretty much the thickness of like a tablet, right? So yeah. it's only when it's folded in half that you you know it, it it basically doubles up its width, which then to us feels bad, but. It, Equally, it's not until you hold something like that you're going to, you know, find out whether it really does feel a bit thick. Uh, it does certainly look like it's going to feel quite thick. Um, yeah. And when it's when it's unfolded, if it was thin enough when it was in folded mode, is that then going to start being too flimsy? Um, they're already saying that uh, this 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 product will only really be good for five years of folding and unfolding before that hinge gets weakened and and you know whatever else happens. Um, and we're going to see people doing all sorts of tests and saying that you can see things and screen's not that great and but i just i just think it's a a real sign of 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 where things can go but it's just it almost feels like that's about as much you can do right now it almost doesn't feel like a consumer product it's almost too early it felt then, like, it felt like a, an experiment in one of their back workshops yeah. that they've decided that yeah this is this is innovative and, and good enough that we could release it so let's do that uh, but it's it's it if it yeah it's an early beta product type rather than uh, a fully realized solution right now and i think you know there was some some comments you know so when it's folded and using phone one it looks pretty ugly mm. you know because because everybody's phones is a really thin slab now and this thing's a you know at least double if not slightly more thickness than it but, you've but then got... we've argued before that we'd rather see a bit more thickness with more battery life and maybe this gives that uh, yeah but you don't get more battery life and no because and... it chews it all up yeah, you know, it's so, got three bloody screens. <laughs> but, but, but I thought the smart thing was, you know, as you opened it out, you could run three apps alongside each other. There was special, you know, modes. So some Which apps is, had special modes. But that's no different than having a tablet. You know, that, that's what I'm saying. It's yeah, they, 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 it does sound like they're trying to solve that more, and they're working with Google to solve that in Android nine. Yeah. Um, so that yeah, interesting. But that doesn't that for me that doesn't sound innovative. That's just what we're doing on the tablets already. I think if you had it where. And and it's probably something that's not possible. But if if you could unfold the screen and not the phone, but if you know what I mean, yeah, yeah, so no, right, I know. So, so, you so, can, so right you, now it's like yeah. <laughs> it's like a whole clamshell. And if you could just take the screen and you know pull out and make it bigger, or you know take that bit alone, and it just the technology is just not there right now. No, because it wouldn't be strong enough. Or no. you know, yeah, and 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 whatever else you know, all the other things that we just don't know about because all this technology gets hidden away. But, but go back to ten years ago, first iPhone to where we are now. You know, ten years ago, first Android where we are now. I um, picked out. I don't know if you've held an original. No, it wasn't. In fact, mine wasn't the original. Mine was the first one with the App Store. Was that three? Um, anyway, um, the, the first iPhone, and it it is tiny. It's, so it's tiny, but also thick. And and thick, but it actually feels really good to me. It feels like uh, it's still... T- I still think that phones are too big. I don't... I mean, I've said before, when the next I do go and buy a phone, it's not going to be a big form factor. That yeah. tiny form factor, it seems so much more practical <laughs> compared yeah. to the ones that we got now. 
You know, I, I agreed. I mean, when I see some of the sizes of like the plus size, you know, Android and, and iPhone devices and people holding them up. Yeah. It's not far off holding like the iPad mini to your face no, and talking. It's, it's really like, not. it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I, I think there's something here. And even when I think back to drones five, six years ago and you had to buy all the bits yourself almost and, and you're now just got a really foldable thing and the app's so smart. It, it's like you can, I think we need to give it a bit of time. Yep. Uh, they did also um, release all their latest products, the S10 um, products. Um, I, I, were there four or five different versions of the oh, phone that they kind of to go Basically, they they did come out and say, "Look, we are just trying to cater for all the different scenarios that people like to use their phone for." So, theoretically, we've come up with here a high-end phone to a kind of not. I wouldn't. I would never call it a low-end phone. It's a their least, most limited phone, smaller and sort of slightly less capable. Um, but it's They've said, you know, that we've got a phone here for everyone. We're not just trying to come with that one size fits all model. Um, here's here's something for the top end. Here's something for if you if you're a bit more of a budget. Although their budget end of their market is still expensive. Um, and and they're all big. Um, and I guess and, the, yeah, and the small side of their market is not that small. Yeah. So, so I think the thing to, to that I took away, uh, lovely looking phone. It, you know, there's really seemed to you know the engineering on it looked top notch. Um, and just mentioned notch, so there's no notch anymore. Um, but so they went for a, a hole. Um, and I guess the reason they've gone for the hole is, is all they have is a camera at the front. They don't have any of the sensors because they don't support anything like Face ID. They have now got an under-the-screen um, touch-to-unlock. Yeah, so when we say a hole, what we should say is just where the cameras live. is uh, yeah. like a little hole punch in the top right-hand corner of the phone. And the actual screen continues above that, whereas the notch, the screen kind of just uh, dipped down a little bit at the top. Uh, the screen does continue, so there is an illusion of a black like hole just sat in the top right hand corner, which your eyes kind of accept. Really, time will tell whether people find that. I mean, lots of people have made a, a thing about the notch. I, I just doesn't bother me at all. Just don't notice it. Um, no, I much prefer but... having Face ID than than having you know a, a button and Touch ID. But then the what it looks like is they've got. Um, an ultrasonic fingerprint scanner, um, and it and it and it seemingly works really well. Works under the screen. Um, the only downside is if you use a third party screen protector, some of them will stop that touch. They're going to have to do. They're, they're going to release a list of screen protectors that have been tested been to tested, be reliably yeah. work with their ultrasound. But yep. it, yeah, it means that you can yeah fingerprint unlock without actually having the little place that you need to fingerprint unlock. So you gain that space. And and they're saying they're you know these these handsets really do you know the the bezel now is tiny and um and the way that the phone all sits together just you know is a realization of that kind of edge to edge type screen technology which which has been talked about for a while and we've really got quite close now. Yeah. So nothing groundbreaking, uh, another, you know, iterative step, but but if you like, if you had you know, if you've got an S eight, that's a big great upgrade. If you've got an S nine, probably not so much. They were talking about they've got three cameras on the back now of some of the top end devices which you've give you wide, ultra wall ultra yeah, wide. So you've got yeah. selfie mode, wide mode, and then you've got this ultra wide. And when you see the difference with you know what the the scene that's being taken in, it is quite impressive. But equally you've got you've got band of three massive cameras on the back of your phone. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And and some of the early um the early renders of the this year's iPhone is taught about three cameras in the back mm. as well. So, so it's because it it's the way the, to solve that issue. Yeah. Yep. I mean you could you could go and buy a fold and have six cameras on it. So so <laughs> between 8 and 12 gigabytes these things have of yeah. ram alone so yeah pretty powerful stuff going on nowadays you know literally laptops of you know not even five years ago are now in 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 phone form in fact these phones are more powerful than that so it's yeah it's unbelievable and the screens that they carry around now the, the kind of resolution on them is, is 
bonkers. And, I, and that's why I think something like a fold where you can, if you've got that much power, see if you could just get that wider, bigger screen. Yeah, we talked before, you need it. Someone, and someone's done it before where, you know, the phone is the device, but actually it's designed to hook up to different systems. So you come home and you hook up to your TV, you come home to hook up to your, your desktop system, whatever, and it just it displays on these different screens. I think that still is the future somewhere along the line uh, where you just carry around a compute brick. Um, who knows whether that's ever going to happen? That was my spidey senses a while back. But it seems like phones carry more of that favour at the moment. Yes. I'm not going to go down. To be honest, you just go to a Samsung store if you want to find out about these things. They're going to be, you know what they're going to be like. They are iterative. They're very powerful. And you can go and figure out which version you want. Um, they're doing their um, Bixby's coming out. I, I might have skipped that. I'm probably skipping a story here, but I'll, Bixby's coming out. They're, they're home speaker. Uh, and all these things tie together as well, including air. I think they got charging systems for their AirPods and stuff. All oh, they've, their phones they've got and, loads. So uh, it's all it's all designed to sort of all hook together. Yep. Um, so maybe one of the things is that they've got a new version of the Galaxy Buds um, that look like AirPods, right. um, cheaper than AirPods. And um, if you pre-order an S10 or S10 Plus, you get one for free. <laughs> well, yeah, free as long as you spend two grand. Uh, well, no. So, so if you spend that, you know, so eight hundred, yeah, eight nine hundred yeah. pound, because they're hundred and forty nine euros in Europe. Um, so again, the proof will be in the pudding. Uh, the other little thing that I did, I did think was quite amusing. The S ten will charge other devices. Yeah, so you can so you can lie the S ten down, and it becomes a wireless charging dock for yep. your earbuds, or even for, yeah, for like say for other places. Because oh, you've wireless. got your watch or whatever, yeah, so, so you, you can, can place your watch on top of it, and it then which uses is, the um, uh, Why not? Yeah, <laughs> I guess it depends how well the battery lasts. Anyway, I guess. Um, but if your phone's already l- charge, you know, plugged in and charging, then why not? You know, whack your phone on top and yeah. also gain. Uh, sorry, the, your watch on top and, and and charge that as well. And there was a whole host of other devices. There was, there was two new watches. There was a um a new tablet um, but it didn't even get any stage time um, but a new tablet was announced so there's loads of stuff came out from samsung and the pod's got the, the earbuds got good reviews for, for it got a good hand on review no one's really had a proper access to no but um, but they work yet. the same way as the airpods and if you if you open the case it pairs and they get a little kind of same software type and, and as usual people are like oh look at that they're just copying it's <laughs> like well why not it works yeah, really good. well yeah. You know, it's just it's, I'm I'm kind of tired of the folk that moan about people copying because everybody copies from each other. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, and, and yeah, it's like I said, their their home speakers out soon. I think they've they've missed the market here, but they 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 will have this home speaker, and the idea will be it'll have its assistant called Bixby, uh, and it will also be able to direct its sound towards whoever spoke to it, and I'll ask it a question or whatever, and it also obviously acts as a, a smart speaker, so playing songs and whatever, but. Just feels a little bit late to the party on that, but then again, their infrastructure and their reach is wide enough that if people want to stay within that environment, maybe they will. Uh, maybe I agree with you. It does feel a bit late. Feels like if you're going to buy one of these devices, you're going to go um, Amazon or Google first. For I, for me, I'd say why not? And if you and at the moment for me, if you want a service that can actually ask answer questions and stuff, then go Google. But if you want something that just everyone else seems to be using, well, it's Amazon. Okay. That's my cheesy review. Um, okay, that, that's kind of the, the tech news, and we've droned on already uh, at quite some length, but we do want to cover off a couple of uh, bit, bits of gaming-related um, news, which we don't tend to do that often at the moment. Um, but Apex Legends has been released as a, it's another free game, and it was actually released fairly... Like, 
it seemed to come under the radar and then just arrive. Uh, it's another EA delivered um, game. It's another battle royale, but it is very, very slick and probably the most slick battle royale we've seen. I think Black Ops was pretty slick, but I never played that in in the live mode. And this seems to have just garnered a lot of interest, and everyone seems to be playing this now. Now, at the extent of even news, you know, even regular news people are talking about, is this going to take over from Fortnite? Yeah, and I mean the thing for me is is if I compare it to things like so PUBG was probably the first console one to you know so I think Fortnite they kind of started hacking that together before PUBG dropped on Xbox. Yep. Um, and Fortnite felt a bit rough at the start, and then it just it just exploded. Um, PUBG just for all never the really tried, took off did it. it. I mean, it, it got loads of people playing it, but it was just so unstable. It was massively um, popular on PC. It just never made it onto console. It never no. converted to console. Um, COD was actually really, really slick, but but you had to pay 40, 50 quid. And they're now talking about bringing, you know, chargeable updates. And then you've got something like Apex Legends that drops for free. Um, it's got it's got one map, but it plays so slickly. Um, everything feels really solid. It is amazing. It, it's 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 a really good game. And I was just said to you just just before we started, you know, so latest um, Edge. Magazines it's just dropped and it's got a nine. You know, and really, it seems really to strong... work really well on PC as well as working well yeah. on the console environment. And you know, me being a bad gamer, I still feel like when I shoot something and I am accurate, it does actually hit the person. Whereas in other battle royale games, that is that's quite rarely the case, in my in my opinion. And it's a nice mix of um, oh god, what I was going to say. What what was the other shooter? That has the different characters in it that we played a big bit. Oh, yeah, um, Overwatch. So, Overwatch. So yeah, that the, the scenario where you've got yeah these you play these characters that have got different skills and abilities. So not everyone is just a you know the same type of player. That you know they will have different abilities. Some will be there to help heal. Some some are there as shooters. Some are there as um, damage. You know absorbers things like that so like a lot of genres brought together but ultimately even even each of those characters you can still they're pretty versatile you you know even though they've got these skills that they're still pretty versatile but but they've each got different strengths um you're in a squad of three and you can i'm really good at dying Uh, i'm really good at dying and and not being rescued (laughs) (laughs) it's true (laughs) um but it's actually really enjoyable and and the thing is it's a free download it's it's kind of it's a no-brainer almost isn't it yeah and and it, and, it, and it clearly is a no-brainer for everyone because it is it is being it's probably the most widely played game at the moment. And and the the, the thing that amazes me is if you look back to things like um, your know, Battlefield launch or even um, what's the big game that just launched this week that had all the problems. <laughs> um, it was Anthem. So yes. Anthem oh, yes, properly yeah. launched this week and they're still having loads of issues and they're really. You know, there's, there's folk that I'm following on Twitter that I really respect the views on, and they're just saying, how have they they've, they've made such a bad game? So it's just so polished in so many areas, but it's just there's so bit, some bits are just fundamentally just broke and not working. You know, it's and then this drops, um, it's from the folk um, behind Titanfall. Yeah. Um, so a really good pedigree. Um, but for this just to drop for free, and I mean, it's not taking over because the. There's lots of folk going. Oh, is this going to take off from Fortnite? Fortnite had its biggest amount of yeah. players this week. Yes, so it's it's definitely so, yeah, it's definitely not. But what what it's taken over is the, the hype, if you like, and yeah, you know, a yeah. lot of the streaming community have taken to this, and therefore, and because Fortnite's been around for so long now, and even though they are innovating, effectively, these people that play games 
professionally they've been playing that game day in day out night in night out for months on end so having something fresh that actually is polished and works uh, and and is you know adds a different dimension with the, these different character types and whatever um you know, and it's, it, it's doing it something different. interest yeah yeah exactly. it's doing something different to that battle royale mode which, which i really like i know some people just detest but but i i, I quite enjoy it for me the biggest win of this one is the fact that you have ways of communicating to your team that don't avoid voice so we yeah. like to chat together and i think a lot of other people are like that i don't certainly don't like to interact uh, via chat on online anymore um and just the ability to highlight areas to say where you're heading uh, to highlight enemies to ping you know ping uh, equipment up things like that it just means that you you don't have to sit there and actually concentrate a, a lot of people would criticize the game for they, they'd call it noob mode it's allowing people to highlight where enemies are without having to call it in or you know all those kind of things to cut down on that communication but in the online world for the majority of users that are using these services this is this is great it means that we can suddenly we, we get put together with a third of person uh, that we don't know and you know we've had games where we we work well together just because we can do that communication so that's good yes all right so that's apex uh, legends um it's, it's you know good one why not let's talk about crackdown 3 which we've been talking about for i guess about three years now probably more maybe even more crackdown we loved the original uh crackdown 2 we uh hated and then crackdown 3 <laughs> has forever been on that kind of i wonder which direction it's going to head so it has now released on games pass and I've been tootling on through um, to see what I thought about it. And, and effectively, they have done which what a lot of users said is exactly what they wanted, which is go back down to Crackdown 1 and just recreate that game. And really, that is exactly what they've done as far as the single player game goes. It's very, very um, similar to the original um, where you're an agent who's gaining skill and experience over time and getting stronger and has have more abilities. Um, and you go around blowing stuff up in a quite spectacular way um i'm, I'm interested i'll give my opinion in a second but what i'm interested to hear what you've thought you've had a quick tootle around so what's your initial initial so thought? I, I did 40 minutes this morning and it it, it did feel it, this is going to sound terrible it felt like i was playing a game on an emulator mm. and that you know and, and it looked it looked fine but it was the gameplay the gameplay felt I don't know. It just felt a bit dull, just a bit formulaic. Um, the the enemies you were shooting at were just so dumb and unintelligent. I was quite surprised. Like I'm standing next to a guy, and it's you know I'm getting told it was like this is area you need to take, blah, blah, blah. and the guy's just standing in front of me, yeah. and he's yep. not even shooting at me, and I'm like, Ugh. you know. So I start shooting, and then it's almost like it just triggers a. Oh, we've been shot. We need to go attack this guy. But they go into other areas and they see you from a distance and start shooting you. So there's really odd bits like that that it doesn't feel right. Um, but I had to. So the, what I did like was the, you know, the I, I guess the vertical nature of the game. You can go anywhere. You can pick anything up. You can jump in any car. You can roam around and sit around and do what you like. Um, and I guess there's enough there that it's like let's try it in co-op mode because that could be you know a fun you know fun hour of just you know destroying stuff you know and and just just marching through so the game. so I, i'm not too far away from where you are really um it, it for me it's a the single player mode is it's very brainless now i always play games yes. on very easy modes and i've set this on an easy mode and actually i thinking 
I've said it too easy because it really, there really is no challenge at all. Uh, I do occasionally die in really pressured situations in some of the big set pieces, but but it's it's quite rare, and that's only because I'm stupid at games. Um, I, I I don't mind how it looks when you look at the actual detail of the characters on some of the, the sort of loading screens or whatever. There's a lot of thought gone into that, but I think as far as the living, breathing world, we have seen things so much richer. The games industry has moved on since, uh, and and even that they're trying to produce an art style which is obviously akin to um, sort of comic book characters that sort of uh, outline drawings and things like that which they it, they managed to do in crackdown one and it, it was successful because things have moved on so far uh, i think this feel this world feels even though it's full of things and stuff and big buildings it feels ultimately empty and very just old school it certainly does for me feel like the old game has just been effectively recreated in uh, you know in in the new console um, without very much upgrade really which i am not unhappy about i have spent a good few hours in fact many hours probably um just tooting around um doing you know finding orbs um shooting lots and lots of stuff and and certainly some of the explosions and set pieces you get are uh, are big and impressive yet it doesn't feel like i've had to expend any skill or ability to go and do it it's uh, yeah it, it, it is just what it is uh, i can see why the launch was it ended up being quite quiet i'm pretty sure they just wanted it out the building um let's just get this to a state where we can release it the only saving grace at the moment is the fact that the i say not that's not fair i've i've still enjoying my time in it and i'm still enjoying the different aspects but it's certainly nothing that's going to tax the brain there's no story going on here there's nothing no. of interest it is literally go here blow stuff up go there blow the, stuff the, up the two know. other little bits that niggled me this morning um as i was driving there's like puddles in the road and it looks like it looks like a it looks like someone's put a, a sticker or a mirror down mm. it, just, it just felt really unpolished unfinished it was it was like an early version where you've not got the everything right and then another bit as it was driving and then you realize you can just you know if you're taking over one of like the metro stations you can just drive in and just mow down like the robots and stuff yeah and i and i kind of got stuck in a bit and as i was driving down these kind of steps as it hit the ground it was a horrible kind of physics type bug that just yeah just, just yeah, I've seen, the, and i was like what's going on here i've seen a couple of right. things where i you know did a you know jump with a car off of a bridge and then halfway through it it decided that either i'd hit something a bit extra uh, yes. on the edge, and then it sort of yeah. pinged so there, there's definitely some like servery type processing weirdness going on as well but again maybe if we did play co-op we'd see a different side to it because controlling and having access to all of that in co-op mode does seem pretty special and i and the old game but i the reason the old game the first game was so impressive was because that was the first time we really got to do that that open world where you could share it with someone else was was a new thing whereas it's not really anymore um and richness of world something like uh you know um uh red dead redemption just shows how rich an open world can oh, be yeah in, in, in comparison so anyway that was crackdown so but we haven't played the online multiplayer called the havoc zone i can't remember is it wrecking you know wrecking, zone. wrecking. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah and and a lot of people have um touted that as being a pretty impressive yeah. game mode so i'm interested to see what that's going to be oh, like. i'm not forgiving that spin. so i'm happy that i haven't had to pay ex- explicitly for crackdown 3 <laughs> it's not been getting spectacular reviews it really is a brainless you know go here shoot that go here shoot that uh, maybe the multiplayer can rescue some of that but given that the reviews are fairly low i'd expect that that's not enough to rescue it as a modern day game but if you want to hark back to the original you enjoyed the original well you're going to get more of the same from this and i guess what's amazing is you compare uh an apex legends to crackdown 3 it's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, wow. it's night and day as to, to where we've 
where we've got to. Um, yeah, but, but it's, never, it's just... never design a game by committee because the committee said we want Crackdown One in a 4K, and, oh. and they delivered Crackdown One in 4K, and it's really not what we wanted at all. So, so I think Crackdown Three has been on the go for five, six years. Yeah, that, that's. I think you that's know, one of the it's... biggest. They, they've clearly realised they had serious issues, uh, and they, like I say, they just quietly got it out the door. We said we were going to release it, so let's just release it. That's I mean, the thing it. is, it's been out for a week, um, and so yes, you can get it on in Game Pass, but you can actually buy it as well and um, but it's already down to 30 quid to mm. buy yeah um so it's just it, you know it's i'm just trying to see if wikipedia had uh its development uh, it was announced in 2014 amazing yeah. as an xbox one exclusive uh, it was an early stage and phil spencer was talking about you know dave jones and all that but then it was uh um you know, it was officially revealed 2015. It's like um, they, they, it's a bit like the Metroid Prime story without them actually coming along saying we're going to restart this. Where they just said, right, we've done this far, we're just going to release it. Yeah, 2018, Epic Games acquired Cloud Giant Gene, and with that, Jones left to join Epic Games. A few others left to go and join Epic. So there's almost a slight reboot, and Sumo Digital took over as the principal developer. Yeah, uh, it's had a rocky old ride for sure. Uh, yeah. So it was supposed to be released in 2016, which was changed to 2017, which was delayed um, to 2018, and then came out. Thanks for that insightful uh, delay history, Ian. I, 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 <laughs> but I think you can you can see it when you're playing it. You yeah, can you, feel def- you definitely that, can. You know, and, I, and a lot of this was supposed to... Remember, the first thing was all about Power of the Cloud. We're going to do all this processing in the cloud, so you have amazing... And yet, see if you compare the video from four or five years ago yes. to what you get. You can, you're like the no. cloud's not that powerful just yet. Although they, they, like I say, we shouldn't comment too much until we played that multiplayer mode because, like I say, it has got stronger opinion and a, yeah. a better received. And I, th- I, th- I think the cloud's powerful. It's just our broadband infrastructure yeah. tying when it you, back to that yeah. that hour ago. There you go. There's all our. There's the circular nature of this podcast. We are going to end it at that point. Um, if you want to find out more about us, what we do, digitaloutbox.com is our website. Info at digitaloutbox.com is our email address and Twitter is digitaloutbox. Ian, where do we find you nowadays? Um, ian.d.net. We'll just leave it there. All right. And do you have links out to your other bits and bobs from there? No, probably not. You should do. Get them on there. If uh, you go I'm to on... iandick.com, there's links out to everywhere else. <laughs> All right. There you, go. there you go. Maybe I Boom. should just use that from now on. That sounds more practical uh, uh, cheesy uk is my twitter uh, academyracer.co.uk for my racing car racing stuff and cheesy.blog for my running stuff there you go thank you very much if you got this far uh this has been a long one uh, it has been a while since our last one and who knows how long it'll be to our next one we just we at the moment we are just having to do them as and when we get the time um to to do so so that's that's where we we ended up um but we still you know we will be back with you uh, as soon as we've got stuff to talk to you about so we'll speak to you then bye bye 